Support for Podcast by Night is provided by Midnight Syndicate. To learn more, visit midnightsyndicate.com. And now, part two of the Clan Bruja. Because they have so much contact, contact with humans, Bruja tend to... Well, because Bruja are Bruja, and because <laughs> they are around humans... We so don't much. like rules, okay? We don't like rules, damn the man. Like Sometimes the they, they are the clan who tends to... Outside of the gang girl, they are the clan who tends to have the most oopsies, oopsie embraces. They also are the clan that has those young neonates who sometimes are off breaking the rules and uh, not paying attention and get themselves killed. They also are the clan who tends to have the young bloods who are like, I'm bored, let's go attack the Sabbat now. And then, you know, someone ends up dead. There, There is a lot of that. You do have a problem sometimes with the Bruja in terms of following the rules and because of that neonates uh, you know and elders often elders and ancilla often get affected by that they are either punished and killed that means there's no leadership so the neonates are in charge and they're running the show and they don't know anything so you do have a little bit of that problem with clan bruja sometimes um brujas brujas as a clan I, f- I feel they do best when you have that one powerful, charismatic Bruja who's just sort of minding all the other Bruja. <laughs> well, that definitely, that section definitely segues into the relationship that the Bruja have with the Camarilla. You know, it's, it is odd, strange, tenuous at best, and it tends to shift from Bruja to Bruja. Like you said, a lot of those elders know how, they know the traditions, they know what they can get away with when and you know and chances are if you've got you know honorary neonates and fledglings they're not going to listen to the elders and and like you said let's go get the sabbat and they're going to just take off and and just do their own thing i mean and that's kind of rough for you know a clan that was once one of the high clans of the camaria but they've you know degenerated if you will since the uh, the the long nights and now they're just thought of as rebel rousers and thugs, which is, you know, to their detriment on some sides. But, you know, it could be beneficial to some. It's been earned. That, that stereotype, that perception has earned. Oh, absolutely. As, as your mom would say, you are who you hang out with. So, you know, when you, if, you're, if a bruja is associating with, uh, with rabble rousers, um, they're gonna, that's going to that's gonna kind of taint the perception of how... The other clans view the Bruja in, as a clan, right? And and also with the you know also the Toreador and the Bruja, those these two clans, it's it's like they influence the mortals, but they're also influenced by the mortals. I think the most exactly, and that's why you you've got the only the elders are usually the ones that still you know remember Carthage and they know what that really means. They're the only ones that try to uphold the uh, the philosophy of Inteliki. they're they're the ones that are trying to like just sort of be the old man you know contemplating his navel you know when you know the, the neonates you know if they want to know they'll come and ask if not i'm just gonna let them do the, let them do their own thing that being said i mean while clan bruja is now kind of associated with rabble rousers and thugs and they're thought of as a low clan in the camaria now um that's not to say that the bruja aren't a key part of the Camarilla and don't play a key role in Camarilla courts. In most Camarilla courts, there is always a Bruja doing something for for the court. Now, right. there aren't that many Bruja princes, and I will be honest, I mean, there's just not that many. But you will see Bruja in all sorts of roles, usually in the, mil- in the militant roles. So sheriff, the scourge, they're often archons to... Okay. A variety of different Justicars, not just the Bruja Justicar. Bruja often serve as Justicar as Archons to other clans Justicars. 
they're kind of the brute force of the Camarilla. And now that they, they are ask, the jihad. Yes, they are the jihad. They are the face of the jihad for the Camarilla. Yeah, they are they are the shock troops of the Camarilla. And now that the Asamite warriors are also in the Camarilla, I mean, between the Asamite warriors and the Bruja, I mean, they make an effective fighting force. And they can We're gonna be, fuck some shit up. Yeah, they're gonna be frighteningly efficient. Um <laughs> It's just kind of terrifying. In, in fact, the Camarilla in the last 20 years has been waging a series of war- different wars in various areas. And they've been using that that tag team of the Bruja and the Asamites together. And it's been devastating on the Sabbat. Absolutely devastating. And so the Bruja, are, they have played a massive role and the growth of the Camarilla and its influence in the last few decades. Right. And because of that, though, like you said, their their fall from from the high clans being associated with the rebel rousers, the the Camarilla still feels a bitter sting because of the Anarch revolts and the Sabbat, and they keep an eye on the Bruja. They're they're sort of like, yeah, no, no, we want you with with us. We need you, especially if we're going to fight these wars. But, you know, we're going to keep an eye on you. Yeah, especially the young the young bucks, because those are the ones who are all pit, full of piss and vinegar. And they're going to just blatantly disregard the prince, blatantly disregard the keeper of Elysium, you know, blatantly disregard any of the conditions about living in the Camarilla. And if it's going to piss off a Ventru or a Toreador, they're going to do it. They can't yeah, help if, themselves. If, if uh, you know... Bruja are probably the most susceptible to the to the isms, you know, like like we talked about before, and that the same goes for some of these like these different um, you know sects that are in that are in that are in vampire society, like like the Anarchs, like the Sabbat, like a, a the Sabbat it can sound real sexy to a Bruja, you know what I mean? If it's mm-hmm. if a, if a charismatic Sabbat leader wants to recruit a Bruja to uh, to join their ranks. From the Camarilla, they they can they can be real effective at 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 the sales pitch um, to get a to pique a Bruja's interest, and so I think because of that, the 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 Camarilla views the Bruja as as a little bit of a risk factor, you know, because they they're dependent on the Bruja on one side because the Bruja do tend to be the kind of militant side of the Camarilla, but then they're also are are more susceptible to to these other these other sects um, to to joining these other sects because they you know they they are they do tend to fall into those passionate isms that they're that they're so historically connected to. And in all fairness, the the Bruja have never been known for to be willing to go with the status quo without a reason. And that's part of, you know, they're, they're happy just, you know, biting their tongue and, or biting their thumb, if you will, and turning their noses up at the establishment. But I think that also, like you said, they're, you know, the Camarilla is like, well, wait a minute, we, we can't let them go. We need them. They're, they're all too happy to sort of acquiesce a little bit, give them a little bit of leeway because they also know they need them to it's de- there's dependency exactly there. definite definite codependency it's like yeah we'll give you a happy home you keep us honest and you know you protect our borders and we'll make sure you're fed i mean it's definite yeah definitely a give and take yeah and i think the, the bruja probably get because of how they're perceived by the other clans they get a little bit more leeway a little bit more flexibility um, you know, when they open their mouths, because it's just like, oh, that's just, you know, Tony the Bruja, you know, he's, a, he's, he's got a harsh tongue, but he's a, he's a little bit of a, of a, of a, and a little bit of a loose cannon, but, but we're willing to accept that because, and keep him around because he's, he's the one that's going to keep us safe. You have to be careful if you're, as you're playing, uh, uh, a Bruja that, that you're cognizant of, of not going too far in the game um, where you're going to push people past their limits of what they're willing to accept while they're playing. Right. That, that's definitely yeah. a good point. Yeah. As, as a player, it's easy to get caught up in the, in the passions of, of these guys. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, and it, and it might start to feel, you know, pretty good, you know, like, ah, I get to tell anybody off I want, but I can say whatever I want, whenever I want. Right. But as a player, you've, you've got to remember 
you know, there are rules of the game. They have, you know, the, the, the Ten Commandments of LARP, so to speak. You've got to be able to read the room and because everybody's there to have fun. Right. And and you got to yeah. make sure that you're there to help that. Yeah, and you don't want to infringe upon another person's good time and say, oh, but I'm just being true to my character. Right. Right, and, and, and I get, as someone who's played... For, I don't even want to admit to how many years I've been playing this game. No. Um, a really long time. A really long time. Um, you know, 20, 25 years. It's, it's, um, there's something wonderful about being able to like let loose in character. But I think a key component of that is knowing who, who it is that you're playing with. Like I was playing, uh, uh, I was actually playing a Ventru and I was playing with, with another player um, who was playing a bruja. And and so of inevitably my character and her character were deep in conflict. Um, and we would be have like screaming matches at each other and be getting in each other's faces and and it was really intense. But her and I both knew where our limits were and what was acceptable and what wasn't acceptable. And it's important to to know that, like you said, read the room. Um, it's important to know who it is that you're playing with because you don't want, you know, we're all there to have fun. We're all there to have a good time. And you don't want to cause someone to not want to come back to a game um, because you went too far and you made them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a moment playing a Bruja where um, I was actually playing Tara, who was uh-huh. one of the, um, for the listeners out there, Tara is a book character. She was part of the Anarchy State. And it, in this scenario, it was a Camarilla, a Camarilla San Diego with Tara as the prince going up against a venture who knew how to push a Bruja's buttons. For anyone who doesn't know me in real life, I have a temper. And when that temper goes, boy, it can be scary. And Tara, <laughs> no. has, Tara has a temper too. And so I was channeling a lot of Jen into Tara in that moment. Right. And... The person I was playing against, Charlotte, who was playing the venture, I trusted that Charlotte was going to be okay with that. And Charlotte was totally. okay with that. And so right. we had this amazing scene of me just like absolutely getting into her face. Like, right. I am going to rip your throat out right this second. Because Tara was losing control. As a Bruja, she has the clam flaw of of being close to, you know, of her frenzy being that close because of her emotions. And she was trying to evoke that emotion out of me. And it was a great scene. But if I didn't know Charlotte and didn't know that Charlotte was okay to do that, I I don't know if I would have had that. So you have to be so careful. Right. Because, I mean, I've had other scenarios playing other characters where – you know, I would just like raise my voice and some people were like, oh, I, I'm I'm freaked out by that. So I had right. to accept you can't just scream at that at that person. But with in that scenario with Charlotte, I could I could I could let loose. Yeah, there's there's this like there's this balance that you want to have, because let's be honest, we're all a bunch of grown adults that are playing pretend. I mean, at our core that's what role playing is that's what acting is it's it's a bunch of adults playing pretend um and part of the reason why we do that is it is it it provides the players an opportunity to do things that they would not do in normal life they they have an opportunity to get into a character and to be someone else for a short period of time and there's a there's a wonderful thing about that that ma- that is what makes playing this game so much fun um, and so enjoyable. And it's the reason why I've continued to come back to playing this game in the last twenty plus years. Um, is that is that there? It's almost like cathartic to be able to to get into these characters and to allow yourself the opportunity to actually be that character for the night. And so you you know sometimes you you. You, the character needs to be able to get in someone's face. And the goal and the balance of the game is to try and establish the relationships between players to where you can go to that point and and everybody's cool with it. At the same time, you don't want to be the player that that is, you know, is the Debbie Downer and always and is not able to to go that way and it stifles people's ability to be able to play the game. 
like there's there's you don't want to be you don't want to be the asshole but you don't want to be the debbie downer either so you want to try and get to that middle point where you've 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 established enough of a relationship with the other players that allows you the ability to be able to get deeper into these characters like like jen and charlotte did and then and so that they can everybody can be full can be fulfilled and comfortable at the same time you know i've we've you know i'll be honest like i played i played in a lot of games and there's there's been a lot of people that i've met over the years that you know they just they were never able to be comfortable in going that deep into character um, and they tended to get to get to allow what happens in game to bleed over into what was happening in real life um and those are the, those most often are the people that didn't they didn't play very long. Um, it just wasn't a good fit for them because it's it is going to affect you. You know, anybody that says that that oh I I can just shut it off, you can't completely shut it off. You're gonna have to let when you're playing a character and if you're gonna play it to its full to its full potential, it's going to affect who you are who you are in real life. But being able to find that balance is is important um, when you're playing with with other people, so that everybody has the opportunity to really enjoy the game. And get that fulfillment while every, at the same time everybody's comfort level is, is protected. And, you know, just communication is crucial. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. We, we say that often about communication. And right. for the new players, it's, I, I think we've mentioned it before, Jen, in another podcast. The idea that you play to your strengths, especially if you're just starting mm-hmm. out. Find, totally. find that clan that is going to – you're going to gel with. Yeah. Right. Because that's going to help you get involved, get in there, and then you can start forming those relationships. And, exactly. you know, g- game after game, you're going to find that you're going to be able to go bigger mm-hmm. later on. You don't you don't have to, like, that first character you play doesn't have to be your forever character. So, like, sometimes that first character that you play is just, you want to try and find a character that is going to play to your strengths that is super comfortable and easy for you to play maybe the character has a lot of traits that you as a as a player has that makes it easier for you to play that character like it's super easy for me to play a bruja because i'm an i'm an asshole and and a and an obnoxious person just in general right um that was not denying that (laughs) but we love you it comes super natural to me so but um but then the more you play and the more experience you gain, then that's when you start like kind of delving into characters that are nothing like you. Like, like my most recent player character was a Ventru Prince. That is nothing like me, Corey, the player. Um, it is like the exact opposite of who I am as a person, um, which is part of what made it fun to play that character. But you've got to work your way up to that point. And sometimes yeah. starting with the character that is, that is, is, is plays more to your strengths and plays more to who you are as a person can allow you to get that comfort level with playing the game. And then it also allows you to establish the relationships with the other people that you're playing with. Like I can get super intense with, with either one of you guys in game. We never have to talk about it beforehand and we get to laugh about it at afters at the end of the game, you know, because we've been playing together for so long, but then with new players, you got to kind of, kind of gauge it a little bit, establish consent, and every, so that everybody knows where they're at. Everybody knows what, what's what's acceptable and what's not. So, right. So on that track of finding what you're, you know, what gels with you, Jen. I'm going to let you say this next section because it's all in caps. <laughs> it's all in caps. It's oh my god, I love leather and being an asshole. Where do I sign up to be a bruja? That's right. <laughs> yes, like we were talking about. If you were passionate about anything, if you like being that loner rebel without a cause. If you just want to be a tank that can beat the shit out of anything, then Bruja's probably the clan for you. Right. Yeah, it's this an easy is fit. Yeah, it's an easy fit. These are the misfits and the rebels. And it doesn't have to be blatant. No. At all. It it could be it could be subtle Bruja. Yeah. Right. It's a, yeah, Bruja embrace all kinds of people across all kinds of spectrums. The the only constant is that they have at least something that they are passionate about. Their, their exactly. passions are what carry them. You know, are you going to be saving the whales, you know, taking down the man, <laughs> studying ancient Greek philosophy or religious history, Jen? Woohoo! <laughs> you know, 
hunting down those anarchs. You know, passion is what draws the sire to their their child, and and it's often the you know makes the decision to embrace them very quickly. As we just said before, you know, sometimes Bruja sort of like, oh my God, I, I love your passion. I, you you must live forever. Yeah, and it's that. I mean, if there's one unifying thing about the Bruja is that they are they are passionate about their ideals, and I feel like we have to stress that because later on down the line we're going to hit the Toreador, and the Toreador are also passionate, but it's very different. And very, uh, very different. And I was discussing that this even today um, regarding B5 because there's going to be some shifting in Vampire 5th Edition, which I, I have to read it to see how they shift it because I'm like, dude, I'm like, dude, don't mess this up because the Bruja are passionate, but it's not the same passion as Toreador's. The Bruja are passionate about ideals, about what they believe in, about tearing down the man, about they're, they're about causes. So, you know, as much as Bruja have a reputation of, of being thugs and criminals and brawlers, that isn't always the case with them. Many can be very classy, well-spoken, sophisticated people, even like nerdy or deeply intellectual people. It, it's the fact that they have things that they stand by so, so passionately that, that, they're so emotionally involved in those causes that, and it's, it's sort of their hyper focus of, of what they're all about. So uh, do you remember Laura's, Laura's Bruja that she played? Yes. That like super uptight, like almost like the, 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 the super conservative uh, teacher, you know, that like, or, or super conservative librarian, like all about controlling herself, but so wound up so tight that she could snap at any moment and yes. and you can see the passion suddenly come flaring out. Um, yes. That, you know, her, that character was such a great example of a not necessarily stereotypical Bruja, but totally right in line with what the Bruja concept is. Exactly. Um, you know, hers was a character who was a, um, uh, uh, she would have been working towards uh, the right to vote for women. Right. And, you know, so she had a lot of particular triggers that your venture at the time <laughs> <laughs> hit on. And she would try to keep a, such a tight control over her emotions because she knew as a Bruja. The Bruja clan flaw is you are prone to friends to frenzy to let your beast out when you are pushed too far and you frenzy and anger. That is the Bruja clan flaw. And so when you know Corey's venture would push at those trigger those those particular triggers that she had, she would try to keep those emotions in so tight, but then she couldn't anymore, and then she snapped. You know. It is a classic Bruja venture moment. It was awesome. It was, it was awesome. A, it was a classic moment. Unfortunately, my Tremere was the one who killed her, and I'm still sorry, Laura, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but Corey made me do it. I'm Tremere, sorry. hey, Tremere never apologize. Tremere don't apologize, but Jen, Jen does. Player does. <laughs> that, well, fine. When you're, when you're, and that was a perfect example of like, look, we played our characters full out and we did what our characters would do yeah and unfortunately that led to my character telling your character to kill laura's character yep and 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 but that was what needed to happen and it was a perfect example of that bruja venture conflict um that goes back to you know to the beginning of of, of history for the for this game um and where we started off from the beginning is that it you know, you've got to, it's so much fun to play. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> it's is. That, it's like, it's so well built in to just the Camarilla dynamic that like, it's just a lot of fun. And if you can get into it, um, it's a, it's a tremendously good time. And if your character dies, it's not a big deal. It isn't. It's not the it, end of the world. You just move yeah. on. Make another character, you know? Yeah. 
and you get to talk about your 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 character going out in a blaze of glory from now until the end of time. You can have that as one of your war stories. So, but yeah, the Brujas, they are the dreamers, the schemers, the idealists. They are they believe in those dreams of utopia and they're constantly Believing that if only we could do it right or better or different the next time, society's going to work. Well, even, yeah, even dystopias. I mean, look yeah. at the Anarchs. Yeah, you yeah. even have you dystopians. Know, they and... would, that you know they go to Burning Man. Yes, <laughs> they do. They, they totally are at Burning Man. Um, you know, you even have dystopians, the people who believe society is shit and it's all about survival. But whatever the case, the Bruja, they they ha- they tend to believe uh, to blame existential forces. It's true. They do tend to believe believe that it's all, it's always something that's causing something to happen, and that's the enemy. That's the people we have to go. That's the people or the thing or the ideal we have to go fight against. And so, as you're thinking of your Bruja, just remember, keep that in the back of your your mind. This is a clan of big personalities and a gajillion fulfillion ideas uh fulfillion ideas that's right if there's a cause then someone in the clan will follow it yeah yeah and they will often disagree and they will butt heads yeah and that's where all the fun comes in i'm i'm waiting for someone to play the like the bruja russian hacker that 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 (laughs) was god that was responsible for for the 2016 election of Trump. You know what I mean? Like, I want someone to play that character. Like, oh, no. Like that, I did that because yep. I could. You know what I mean? Like, you, guys. you know what? You like, know what, Corey? That that actually is is a perfect segue into our the concepts we have because Jen has a, what do you like a PSA? A PSA. <laughs> that, 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 that fits right into. Yeah. Yes. So, um, for those of you who've kind of been paying attention to White Wolf News in the last few weeks, there has been quite the hubbub. Um, the brouhaha, if you will. John can groan at my one and only pun ever. Um, <laughs> it is, and that has been um, over um, some leaked. Well, I wouldn't even say leaked. White Wolf released some some pages. For V5, Vampire 5th Edition, and there has been a lot of scuttlebutt, a lot of argument and concern and worry on uh, the forums, on the Facebook, regarding Bruja in particular, because White Wolf was listing off a whole bunch of different, like, you know, groups that could be some representative of Bruja, but amongst those were neo-Nazis and alt-right. And this combined with uh, several other complaints that, that some have towards White Wolf and and its publish- publication had led to an outcry against White Wolf that you're supporting alt-right and neo-Nazi causes. Now, John and I talked beforehand. I've read the, the, I've read the information. John's read the information. Admittedly, neither one of us knew until like recently that this was even going on because um, uh, I wasn't on Facebook. I fail at social media, clearly. But, um, you know, we both went and looked at this because we knew if we were going to talk about Bruja, we wanted to address this. And Jason Carl even did a whole um, Twitch interview today that, you know, spoke into it. White Wolf does has come out and said we're we do not support hate groups. We do not support anyone who's interested in using our game to support their hateful interests. And I know us, John and I, we absolutely do not support that. We absolutely stand against anybody who would use this game as a platform for for uh, a hateful agenda because the thing about uh, Vampire the Masquerade and LARP and and gaming in general not just our game but just gaming in general is we're an inclusive community and let's face it most of us who play this game we're nerds we are nerds who you know we're already kind of on the fringes of, of society anyway but I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> well except Corey who's the inside man we, we form our own community of, of all of us. And we all come from all different backgrounds. And we don't want 
to be exclusive to anybody, nor do we do we wish to participate in being hateful. Because to to ha- create a game, to have this environment, it requires trust and it requi- requires respect of each other. And if you don't have, if you can't be respectful and trustful to each other, you do not have an environment for a game. Right. You shouldn't be playing. Exactly. You should not be playing. Like, um, like I would say, I would say that like you, yes, absolutely. If you were to look at a, at a, at a neo-Nazi alt-right uh, leader, um, that would be a Bruja character. You know what I mean? That, that guy would be the Bruja. But why the hell would you want to play that? Yeah. You know what I mean? In an environment where you're playing with people of of dis- different socioeconomic backgrounds that are from all over the all over the country, all over the world. I mean, you know, you two are 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 you know the three of us are probably a perfect example. It's like you know, John's from what Florida, right? Yeah. So he fights alligators and stuff, and 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 Jen is from you know is from the the the. The, the Bible belt. So obviously like she's a Bible thumper and like, and then I, I'm, I grew up here in Los Angeles and uh, born and raised and, 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 uh, and so obviously like West coast is the best coast. Um, so yeah, like we're an, we're an inclusive environment and we're playing with people from all over the place. If you're, if your goal is to go into this game to try and piss off everyone, and to try and, and make people feel uncomfortable or trying to assert your some political ideology, um, you know, get the hell out of here with that, man. Like that's that's don't don't play. Don't play. I really want to second that because, er, you know, earlier today I was talking with somebody about the like you said, the hullabaloo, the, the brouhaha <laughs> and <Terrible>. and the <laughs> idea that, you know, on the one hand, you know, because I'm always I'm a contrarian. Right. I, I play devil's advocate right. with with the devil himself. And and it's like I'm, I'm like, you know, maybe, you know, if you want to explore some social discontent or something, you know, maybe. But but I think you really kind of put it out there, Corey, the idea that, yeah, sure, you can try to rationalize it. But why would you play this character? Right, unless yeah. you're play, unless you're playing it like as an antagonist NPC, and you go through and you 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 talk with all the players and everybody that's playing is cool with it, then maybe right, yes, then maybe you do. Then maybe that's the that's the only context I can think of where where like you know. But then on you know on top of that, you gotta remember like most of the time when we're playing this game, we're playing in kind of semi public places. You know, do you really want to be the guy walking around? Uh, you know, you know, a venue in in a urban or, or suburban environment, wearing um, you know, with a shaved head and wearing white laces in your boots, or wearing a, you know, a red hat that says, uh, you know, says MAGA on it or something. You know, like that. You've got to like be conscious of like your environment and where you're at, and you don't want the people that are not playing around to also be. You know, you don't want to cause conflict with the with the the non-players that are that are perhaps nearby. You know, we're not right. Actually, one of the like I said, the the, the LARP Ten Commandments is keep the masquerade. And that even means you know, don't scare the streets. Don't, don't scare the normies, man. Yeah, you know, and and just always be respectful of the community you play in. Um, I know, like we even live in, in your La- disrespect. Yeah, even in your disrespect. <laughs> Be Even respectful. when you're going to disrespectful, be respectful. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, like Corey said, we live in Los Angeles, which is one of the most diverse areas in the country. I love it because it is so diverse. So, and we have players of every religion and ethnicity um, in our game. And I do not want that to, I do not want them to feel uncomfortable because someone says, wouldn't it be great to play someone who's part of the alt-right? Because, you know, that's a great Bruja concept. And I, I hear the rationalization because, you know, w- there's people who are like, well, I played that one Tremere who used to be a Nazi. Well, I hate to tell you this, that Tremere's usually not advertising that they used to be a Nazi. You know, there's, there's just, as much as we want to look at these darker, twisted themes in the world of darkness, and I'm not denying that, and these groups are, do represent a part of the real world, in fact, that is, are, that is vocally against the status quo, you also have to balance that 
in terms of comfortability and and you know respecting others because this is a community and you know i know our community very much is not in favor of any group that would espouse a hateful message and, and, and that's right and so the long and short of this whole psa is don't be a dick the will wheaton axiom don't be a dick yep absolutely yeah, so absolutely. and he fights nazis too he does he's if you look at his twitter because i'm on twitter all the time if you look at will wheaton's twitter it is like you know will punching a nazi wheaton or something it's great <laughs> yeah yeah shout out to will wheaton it's it's uh it's simple really like don't you don't want to ostracize the people that you don't want to you don't want to make people feel uncomfortable or distance themselves from the game because let's face it, playing a game uh, with with less than ten players is not really super fun. It's not like it's really hard to like really get into a game when you have a really low player turnout and there's really there's nothing worse than when like you lose players because of something that someone did. Um, yeah and. And right. so it's it's it kind of it affects the game as a whole. Um, and, and you know, I, it happens it, like you kind of you go through waves and stuff in, in games where people come and people go and people lose interest. Um, and sometimes people get get upset about things and that causes them to leave. And that that kind of sucks because, you know, I'll be like we've all played, you know, anybody that's been playing this game long enough. Like you've had your character killed, you've you've had one of your closest friends' characters uh, usurp your character and cause your character to lose something or whatever. But like, what happens in game, in theory, should stay in game, um, and it shouldn't be something that you know you really want to try and be cognizant and be aware. And part of that is creating an environment where people feel comfortable, um, where people have established can, are able to establish relationships. Um, we, as a club, we like to do events outside of outside of the game. You know, like even if it's just like we call it afters, where after the game everybody goes to a you know a twenty four hour restaurant and we sit and we you know talk shit about the game or 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 laugh about something funny that happened there or you know just have some food together and and relax and and kind of defrag from whatever whatever happened in game. Um, and it's, it's really like a positive experience to do it that way. I, I found over the years, um, because it helps you to establish the relationships with other players and, and allows the, uh, the games to really, um, kind of flourish. So I don't know what else we got on our, so with that, with that, don't be a dick. Don't be a yeah. dick. Okay. Uh, we're gonna let, why don't we just shoot through some of these concepts yeah so back so segueing back into concepts so now that we've discussed the not fun concept let's go <laughs> with some of the more fun concepts so great concepts for clan bruja um the rebel with a cause that is the classic clan bruja it is the stereotype many of you that think is of the stereotype. Yeah. it is you know if you're wanting to go simple and obvious for bruja this is this is a great fallback there's nothing wrong with it. Exactly. No. Oh, and next I've got my my favorite, the college professor, as I've already said. Hey, that's what I'm going to be in real life. Hey, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With deep, deep ties to uh, to academia, you know, there's a lot of a lot of good philosoph philosophizing to be had uh, on a college campus. Yeah, so the Bruja have traditionally always had deep ties to the academy. And big shocker there, a lot of college professors feel very passionately about causes. So, you know, I, I doubt very few people care nearly as much about second century North African Christianity as I do. But there's other cooler college professors out there who believe very passionately in social justice or political causes or environmental causes. And those are perfect Bruja characters. So that leads into my favorite characters, the the social art, uh, the social activist. The social activist is, you know, it's funny that most college professors that I know um, are actually social activists that are just happen to be um, standing in front of a, a group of other social activists and are teaching them how to be better social activists. Yeah, like that's <laughs> the university that's... system, at least in our country, seems to be a, a breeding ground for um, for activism. Um, it's it's true. <laughs> plays really well. It plays really well. Uh, the political lobbyist, same thing. 
you know, they're they're trying to control politics and trying to change the way that that uh, they're moving. There's nothing that pitches the the venture off more than a than a Bruja pulling some strings. You know what I mean? Um, and if you're gonna fight against the man, that's the way to do it. Yeah. I take it back. Anything to piss off a venture, I'll take. Yeah. That's right. And then there's the philosopher warriors. Um, these these tend to be, uh, be the classic brujas, the old brujas, the elder brujas have trained their mind and their body to the highest levels, and they fight passionately on the field of battle and on the field of reason. I mean, they they are like two fisted action here. They're just as philosophical as they are, you know, physical. So. Um, yeah. The Buddhist monk Bruja. The Buddhist, Buddhist monk Bruja. Bruja. That's what I'm saying. Yes. All right. And then the last one we have down is, Corey, we've got your computer hacker. That's what I'm saying. There it is. Yeah, Russian bots. Russian computer hacker. Ru- Russian bots ahoy. Yeah. These are, are uh, seriously, this is among, probably one of the bigger groups among the young Bruja. Because yeah. these are, this is the millennials. These the, this generation is a very computer savvy, social network savvy bunch. You know, hey, if you want to go stir up, as we have seen in real life, if you want to go just in the news today, as a matter of fact, uh, if you want to go stir up shit, then you then you go do some hacking or you go do some some Twitter botting. <laughs> Right. Well, and, and that leads us into the uh, pop culture segment, like you said, what's happening today. Well, you know, I always like to ask, what in pop culture can we look at that gives us examples of Bruja? What was the earlier when we were talking, you had a movie reference that you guys uh, dropped. The Matrix. No, not The Matrix. The, it was something else. Oh, uh, Good Will Hunting? Good yeah, Will Good Hunting. Hunting. Yeah. <laughs> Good Will Hunting. The, the main character in there, you know, s- just wicked smart. Also, as a dick, <laughs> right? And, and you know fight. what? And likes to, and, and, likes to fight, and he doesn't care. He's he's one of the he's one of the boys from his block, and uh, you know you can't tell me what to do. I don't I don't right. need you have it. Yeah, that's a perfect. Example. Like apples? Well, I got a number. How you like them apples? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's the perfect example of a bruja. But we got lots of others. I I mean, I dropped a few in our notes. I mean. I, I said the Avengers because seriously, every one of those, like Tony Stark or Steve Rogers, they're always believing in something passionately, and you're wrong, and no, fuck you, and now I'm going to go punch you in the face, right. you know? Definitely against the establishment, too. Like, in, in the movie, The Avengers, you know, there is the that board of shadowy government figures that rule everything, and... And when in New York, what the fuck? They want to do New York. So it's like, they're all like, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much every movie you can think of is going to have a bruja in a it. A bruja like, in it. Like, like the Breakfast Club, you know, John Bender is the bruja. You know what I yeah. mean? He's the, you know, pot smoking, uh, uh, rebel without a cause kind of uh, kind of character. And, and you're going to find that all over pop culture. All over. I, you knew I had to work this in here somewhere, guys. You knew yeah, I was going to drop coming. Hamilton. Here it comes. Here it comes. You knew I was going to drop it. And then John and I are going to sigh in the... Uh, <sighs> going to be like, oh my gosh. She's, Sing. she's mentioning it. I'm not singing she it. Goes. I'm not singing it. But... She's <laughs> um, holding back singing it. That's, she <laughs> wants to sing it. But I'm not. She's raining in that passion. I'm raining in that passion. But no, Alexander Hamilton is a is a classic bruja. Um, whether you're going with real life historical Alexander Hamilton or Lin Manuel Miranda <laughs> Alexander Hamilton doesn't matter. They're both bruja. I mean, these are uh, he's young, he's scrappy, he's hungry, he's got he's got a mouth and a pen that are nonstop. He has something to say and he's going to say it and fuck you if you say otherwise. And he doesn't give a shit who he pisses off because you know what he's he's come here for only two things for kicking ass and chewing bubble gum and he's all out bubble gum you know <laughs> that is that is that character and really and you can go with any pretty much any character or any historical figure from the American or French Revolution because both of those entity the both of those historical events 
are very they're like Bruja playgrounds. Oh sure, shaking up the uh, the status quo, getting those you know dust off that wig. There, there, elder. We're we're going to we're going to throw down. So you know anyone who was a, a perfect Bruja could be like someone who fought in the Revolutionary War. Or someone who used to hang out with Voltaire in France, you know, or was involved in the storming of the Bastille, you know. It, a lot of those type of ideas are perfect Bruja characters. You can find all of, the, all of the, the inspiration that you want in just about any movie that's out there and anywhere in history. Because everywhere in history, there's... there's yeah. Know, someone that's fighting against fighting the good fight, and that's your going to be your quintessential. Exactly. Whether whether it's uh um you know we're talking about the hacker movies or or you know the the newspaper reporter that's trying to get the good story, you know those are those are always the uh, kind of go to concepts. Yeah, and and you know and they're making out making another one now, even Robin Hood. Oh, there you oh, go. Yeah. They keep they keep making a Robin Hood movie, we, so we therefore he made fits. enough of them. I mean, no. I think like in my lifetime, this has got to be like what, like four or five, maybe like, six. I don't know. Like if you include Robin Hood Men in Tights, I think it's definitely. I do. And then there was the BBC show. So yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. But Kevin you aside. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. Like, there's so many examples. I mean, I have on here, like, Kingdom of Heaven, which is as about as historically accurate as uh, having a monkey write about, you know, the history of Outremer. But that doesn't matter because I think it's a fun movie. But, you know, that idea of the, that whole scene with Liam Neeson and, you know, talking to Orlando Bloom about this is what a, a knight needs to be well we all know in real life knights were never that way but it is a very bruja ideal of you know i was i am a philosopher knight you know that's a great scene if you are wanting to play a kind of philosopher warrior character um yoda is a yoda bruja. yoda is a bruja he is a philosopher bruja or that's right a warrior. yoda is a bruja all the Jedi are Bruja. All the Jedi are Bruja. I don't know. A lot of those guys definitely seem too status quo for me. <laughs> no, man. Ah. But, you know, Qui- Qui-Gon Jinn could be a Bruja. Yeah. What, Liam Neeson's just a Bruja. Let's just accept Liam. It. Yeah, there you go. Liam Neeson, <laughs> Bruja, done. Every movie ever. That's right. <laughs> He's a Bruja. That's right. He's like, I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> yeah, they're called potent celerity and presence. I'm coming for you. <laughs> oh man! Oh, that's it. You heard it here, folks. Liam Neeson is a bruja. <laughs> yes, I'm all for it. Oh my gosh! We're all getting sleepy because we're all giggling and like Liam Neeson is a bruja. <laughs> well, we're almost done. We're, we got the last segment is uh, our reading list. Yes, our reading list. Like, what are the books we recommend? L.A. by Night. Sorry. Yes. (laughs) Well, beyond that, read your clan books. No matter what clan we we are espousing, read your clan books. Read uh, first edition and second edition of the clan books and the Dark Ages Labella Sanguinis that has the Dark Ages clan, Lore of the Clans. You read all those books. No matter what clan we're talking about go read those because those are going to have the most information just about your clans but on top of that Corey's right read la by night and nights of prophecy and nights of prophecy read that will tell you everything you need to know about like how bruja in the well in the anarch movement but even bruja amongst themselves kind of operate and don't operate so um I, I think those are really great Bruja books. If you can, go look up Theo Bell. Theo Bell is all over the place, and he's in several books. And Theo Bell is one of the archetypical Bruja and is a great character. Um, he's the Justicar, currently the Justicar clan Bruja. He's been an archon at various different points. And he's got a great backstory. So go read up on Theo Bell. He is a great Bruja to read up on. And if you have a chance, go read up on uh, uh, on Carthage. There is uh, 
Remember, remember Carthage. Carthage? There is, I for the life of me, I can't remember the title of the book right now, but I was reading it. That has a lot of the ancient cities pre-Dark Ages. So there's Rome, there's Carthage, there's Jerusalem. So, you know, all these ancient um, late antique, late, cities of late antiquity and what their vampire presence is and they discuss Carthage in there so that that kind of gives you a flavor of what Carthage means to the Bruja and what the Ventures destruction of Carthage also means to the Bruja so um, I highly recommend all of those books well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. You have joined us for our deep, deep dive into the Bruja clan. And thank you, Corey, for joining us. Your insights, as always, are are just well thought out. Definitely wisdom for us to take away. Almost on the red list. Almost. Almost. Almost, almost, almost on the red list. So and Corey, cool. we'll have you back again because it's just so much fun having you. <laughs> so. Thanks, y'all. This is fun. Actually, it was a, it was a good time. I like playing. I've been lucky to get to play a lot of different characters over the years. Most recently, I've been playing nothing but NPCs. So, like, every single time I go to a game, I get to play some new character that I get to dive into for the night. And it's a lot of fun. I got to play um, Salvador Garcia almost on the red list. I got to play one of Theo Bell's <laughs> Archons. That was a lot of fun, too. That was a fun brew how to play. He was not almost uh, on the red list. Salvador is. <laughs> Salvador Garcia was almost on the almost on the red list. Almost. <laughs> Almost. Almost. I mean, very close. Very close. Very <laughs> close. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh, everybody, we'll be back next time. Jen, what's the next clan we're going to cover? We're going to be looking at the the probably the one clan that is the least happy to be hanging out with the Camarilla, and that uh, those are the nomadic gangrel. Excellent. Excellent. My very first clan ever. Yeah. Of course it. Was. I've never played of course a gangrel. Actually, I don't think I have either. We could fix that. Never played one. Yeah. All right, y'all. All right, everybody. Well, my name's John. I'm Jen. And I'm Corey. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye. And if you want to get a hold of us outside of our normal podcast hours, you can find us at Podcast by Night on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter at By Night Podcast, or you can email us with any questions, thoughts, uh, opinions, you know, anything you want to communicate to us. You can do that at podcast by night at gmail.com 